0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 123 of the Ask the Coach Show, where Ping Skills answers your table tennis questions. Today is Technique Tuesday, so we're going to take a look at the correcting errors. In the questions, we discuss how to deal with short nose thin serves. We talk about the arc of a forehand topspin, spin, the use of the feet when flicking hard, the use of the counter hitting games, and putting new table tennis balls into your mouth. Oh.
1: I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, Super Coach Aloys Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alloys. Hi, good evening, Jeff, and good evening, Things Killers. Good to be with you again.
0: Yes, indeed. So, uh, Technique Tuesday, always love Tuesdays, Aloys. Good opportunity to think about your technique. Yes, it is, isn't it? Yeah, technique, too.
1: So I like technique. I like technique. Um, interesting one that we've got today, though. It's about how to correct um, your technique or to learn some, some new strokes. Um, and I think a really good principle um, is that rather than thinking about um, changing a technique, it's thinking about learning a completely different stroke. So, for example... If your um, backhand topspin looks like this um, and you want to have your backhand topspin looking like that, it's almost like just forgetting that previous stroke and think about learning a completely new stroke. So rather than trying to change your technique, think about learning a new technique. And often that works a lot better because then you're not trying to rub out something in your mind. You're just creating something new. Um, The way that I heard it described and written was um, if you're, you know, trying to do a a record, a a new record player, does anyone know what records are anymore? Anyway, um, a new record rather than, you know, trying to change the groove just create a new record a new groove so yeah i think i think it's a really nice way of thinking about it and see if it works for you so see if you're trying to um, learn a stroke or change a technique think about rather than changing technique learn a new technique see how it goes
0: yeah interesting because um often people talk about habits and you know if you want to quit a bad habit rather than just fighting it you need to replace the bad habit with a good habit and so this kind of sounds very similar to that so it makes sense in my mind that 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 type of thinking would work
1: yeah that that's um yeah that that's a really good one jeff i like that yeah so rather than um yeah changing a, a bad habit it's creating a new habit i like it
0: yes indeed yes and before we go on, Alois we should mention that this is um, show 123 and 123, alloys is a Lucas yes, number. Yeah. It's a Lucas number, not to be confused with Lucas sequences, which are a generic class of sequences to which the Lucas numbers belong. And, um, yeah, it's quite interesting. Uh, yeah, I, 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 yes, sequ-
1: I, I saw a kid called Lucas today, yeah. Um, that, that, that was, <laughs> that's really
0: interesting. Yeah. And we did get some responses to show 122 um, alloys. We, so, we You know what? Dita is on your
1: side. Dita, Dita started, I've got to find it now. Dita, it was oh. interesting, wasn't
0: it? Because he said 122, he says if you add up the digits of 122, then you add up the binary representation of 122, the digits in that, you get the same number. Oh, brilliant. And 123 also is uh, yeah, It shows those same properties. So it's kind yeah. of like a, you call it a ping skills pair, 122 and 123.
1: Interesting. Yeah, yeah it's really interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, before you fall asleep and get too bored, Aloys, we've had to talk about, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to switch it around. I'm going to go for the ping skills question of the day first, Aloys. And the Pink skills question of the day is, who is your favorite training partner? So leave a comment. We'd love to hear who is your favorite training partner. You can go to PingSkills.com, click on the blog link, and you'll find this show where you can leave your comment. We'd love to hear who is your favorite training partner. And yesterday's Pink skills question of the day, Alice, was, should we continue to call the show the Ask the Coach show, or should we use another name? Did we get many responses?
1: Um, yeah, we had, we had a couple of responses. So Kester, um said, Ask the Coach Show is a good name. No need to change it. And Naranjan also mentioned, um, I don't think you guys need to rename the show. So we had two responses. Two, two people want to keep it the same. But yeah, that's if that's anyone fair. else wants
0: to put Yeah, I think Mathematician Detail also responded a while back and mentioned that, you know, we've had the name for quite a while. So, you know, why not keep it as well? Yes, yeah, so he yeah, he
1: had, he had had some good thoughts there. Um yeah, so um yeah, Dita's on, on the side of keeping the, the name as well. And if Dida the mathematician thinks so, I think we should keep it, Jeff Indeed.
0: All right. Um let's go to a question, Alois, from Ilya, who has jumped on and asked a question using the Google Plus Hangouts app. And he's asked How to deal with a short no-spin serve into the middle. I find it really awkward to flick with both backhand and forehand, especially if it is slightly more at the forehand side. I usually push it and it gets attacked.
1: Yeah, so that ball in the middle um, can be can be quite awkward to flick. So, so what needs to happen is the first thing that needs to happen is you need to give yourself some space there. So, either move yourself out of the way this way, or move yourself this way to get um, to play the backhand. So, there needs to be that movement, so you're creating a bit of space and um, to to play the flick. The second thing then is to just think about the technique with the flick. So, opening really opening your bat up. Um, so if I was flicking that way, so opening your wrist up that way so that you're coming forward on, on the flick. So flicking towards you now, so opening the wrist up and flicking there or flicking forward that way. Um, both both strokes um, are, are covered in our um, strokes and techniques lessons. So take take a look at that. And we've just um, redone the forehand flick one, so that's a really good one for you to, to take a look at. I think it's probably one of our finest works.
0: Excellent, yes. And so I guess the tricky bit with it just being in the middle is just getting into that good position to make the flick.
1: Yeah, exactly. So just, just giving yourself that, that movement so that you've got, um, got space to make the flick. If you try to make the flick here, you will end up just pushing pushing at the ball. Because you haven't got space to make the, the stroke.
0: Excellent. All right. Well, hopefully, that helps you out, Ilya. Take a look at our videos on the forehand flick. I'll put them in the show notes so everyone can see them. And yeah, try and just get in a good position to make the flick. And hopefully, um, you won't be pushing them and getting attacked as much. All right. Next up is a question from Dakota. And Dakota says the ball doesn't begin to dip. Until it's almost halfway across the opponent's side of the table. I play at the table. Because it's such a late dip, I've adjusted my swing to be more horizontal. Is there any benefits of earlier or later dip? Yeah, so so what happens is that
1: the ball starts to dip once the forward momentum starts to wear off. So if you hit the ball really fast, even if you've got a whole heap of topspin on it, if you hit the ball really fast and forward, the ball isn't going to dip much because it's got too much forward momentum. So the ball's going to do that. But as soon as the forward momentum starts to slow down, then the spin takes over and that's when the ball dips down onto the table. So it just really depends a lot on the speed of the ball and the amount of spin as well. And, And if there's any physicists out there, um, you might be able to explain this a little bit uh, better to us, but um, but certainly if you if you're thinking about trying to get more dip or a different trajectory, then often it's a, to do with just the speed of um, the stroke that you're hitting. So if you hit it faster and more um, horizontal, then the ball isn't going to dip as quickly. It's going to keep going a little bit further and then dip when the when the speed comes off and the spin takes over.
0: Interesting. Now, I mean, I guess that makes a lot of sense, but in the rally of the century, Alloys, I seem to recall them hitting them with a lot of speed and a lot of topspin and a lot of dip just back and forth, back and forth. How do they do that?
1: So that that's because they're generating so much spin as well. So there's, there's so much spin and speed on the ball that the ball is still Curving, curving down. It, it, I mean, that, that's why those strokes are so incredible. You know, like the, they're, they're just they're spinning the ball so hard um, and fast at the same time. And so, where are they generating that that power from? They're generating it from their legs. If you have a look at their leg position when they're making all of those strokes, so the legs are down really nice and low. And that's where they're generating the speed from. And at the same time, with the racket, they're generating the fast brushing action to generate a lot of spin. So they're getting a whole heap of speed, whole heap of spin, and that's why that's, that stroke looks like it's never going to miss because there's just so much speed and spin on it.
0: Indeed, it is impressive. So for people learning, Alice, would you suggest that they aim for a ball with a lot more dip or with sort of more speed and less dip, or should they be you know, experimenting and, and learning a bit of both?
1: Yeah, initial, initially um, less speed, more spin, because it's really important to get that contact right. If you're not getting a, that brushing contact right, then you're never going to be able to hit the ball really fast. So if those guys, if Ma Long and Fang Bo were hitting the ball as fast as they were without any spin, the ball would just keep sailing and basically hit the back barrier on the full. So generating the spin is crucial to be able to then increase the speed Um, of the ball and and of your shots as well.
0: Right, got it. Excellent. All right, well, thanks for the question, Dakota, and um, hopefully that interesting discussion has helped you out. Let's move on to one from Romeo Alice who says, I have noticed that the top flight players hop when they flick. Instead of using one leg, their other leg goes in and... The other one goes out. Is there any reason why they do this or is it just to wow the crowd?
1: <laughs> well, if you, if you have a look at our flick video right at the end, keep watching right to the end, and Jeffrey does one of these wow shots, the, the flick. Um, so, so basically what happens is that as you go in, usually for a right-hander, you'd go in with your right foot um, to get close to the ball, but sometimes um, if you're going to make a killing shot, then you can go in with your left foot. So your left foot goes in closer, but as your left foot goes in closer, your right foot tends to kick back. That's that's all that's happening, um, and so you're you, you're coming in like that. Um, left foot goes in, right foot goes out, and it it's almost like a little um, little step or a jump in um, with your with your left foot. So yeah. It's just um, just always, though, think that that is only for a real finishing shot because from that position, it's hard to recover for the next ball. So um, if you come in like that, um, yeah, you, you, your left side's in and it's going to be hard to recover and come back out again. So um, usually the best technique is go in with your right foot. So go in with your right foot and make your flick uh, and then come out again. But, yeah, for the, for the finisher... The one that you want to wow the crowd with, you can go in with your left. Yeah,
0: I find that when you do go for that finishing shot, if you put your left in, you kind of already side on, and it seems like you can get a bigger swing and get a bit more power on the shot. But like you said, it, it leaves you in a terrible position if your opponent gets the ball back. So yeah, generally and especially off serves and stuff, going in with the right foot is probably is the best option.
1: All right. Yes, I do. Do, t- do take a look at Jeffrey's uh, wow shot at the end of the forehand flick video. It's impressive.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Alice. I'll put a link in the show notes.
1: All right. <laughs> yeah. um, make, sure, <laughs> make sure you don't keep it on uh, replay though, Jeff. You know,
0: like they, they just need to watch it once. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Johnny has asked a question. He says, after watching some games on YouTube, I don't see the counter hit getting used much in matches at the professional level. At the lower level, should I ever need to use the counter hit in my own matches?
1: Yeah, not really. It, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because that's that's one of the first strokes we learn, just, you know, the counter hit or controlling the ball. And you basically never use that type of stroke exactly in a, in a game situation. You you progress to a situation where you're making the top spin most of the time. So, um, yeah, The the reason we learn it is because it's it's a good, safe um, stroke and a good control stroke to learn to start off with. Um, And if you learn that stroke, then you've got different variations. So the shorter stroke becomes the block. The longer stroke becomes the topspin. Um yeah, but and and the and the control stroke that we learn to start off with is the counter hit, so and and it isn't something that you use a lot in the match situation, but yeah, it's it's good to learn as a good basic to start with.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like the foundation, isn't it, Aloy?'s like I guess if you're building a house, you don't want to build the roof first, you've got to build the foundation. So if you learn that counter hit, then you can learn the other strokes, the top spin and the blocker, and build on it from there.
1: Yeah, exactly. And now Jeff's a builder. Not only a mathematician, <laughs> but a builder.
0: Just call me Bob. <laughs> All right. Um, moving on. Alois Thomas has said, I watched the European Champions League live here in Dusseldorf when Dmitry Ovcharov was playing and they got a new ball. He actually put the ball in his mouth and then wiped it dry with his towel. I had never seen this before and I wondered why he did this. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my
1: goodness. Does that taste good? Nah, nah, no, not good at all, actually. Um, yeah, it, it's something that players used to do a lot uh, when they had the celluloid balls as well. Um, not something that I'd recommend. So all they're basically trying to do is when balls are manufactured, they come out and they've got quite quite a bit of white dust on them. So if you ever played with a completely brand new ball, after a few shots, you'll notice that on your on your bat there's a whole lot of white dust spots. So um, so they're just trying to take the all that dust off. Um, but I'm not sure eating it is a great idea. Um, maybe washing it, you know, like with a, with a with a wet towel might be might be a better idea. But um, yeah, it's just something that players have done, and um, and they yeah, I don't I don't tend to do it though doesn't taste good at
0: all. <laughs> I, guess, I guess they're worried about that powder affecting the grip of the bat, aren't they, so that they just want to clean the ball. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, so if there's that, that little bit of dust, it just reduces the friction um, between the ball and the, and the rubber. So, yeah. It, and, and also, if, it, if you get a, a few of those white powdery dots on your bat, um, the next ball will just drop off your bat because there's no friction because there's too much dust on there, so it's not actually the ball's not actually contacting the rubber properly. So
0: yeah. All right. So when using a new ball, clean it, but preferably not by putting it in your mouth. Use a wet towel and just clean it, <laughs> and yeah. make sure it's not no longer wet. Excellent. Well, thanks for the question, uh, Thomas. And. Uh, For everybody watching, if you haven't signed up to our newsletter, go to pingskills.com and put in your email address, sign up there for our free newsletter. we give you heaps of tips to improve your table tennis. So go along there straight away, sign up, and you'll start receiving our weekly tips. Uh, That wraps up episode 123, Alloys. Thank you, everybody, for watching, and thank you, Alloys.
1: Thanks, Jeff, and uh, thank you to Dita for fueling this, this obsession about numbers. It's, uh, it's really great. I can hardly wait for show 124.
0: Indeed. Thanks, everybody. See you later. Bye.